In this episode, I share some super valuable lessons and tips that I have learned about Amazon pay-per-click after literally spending zillions of dollars in ad spend. Yes, literally zillions of dollars. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number 162 of the Private Labeler Show. I am your host, Nick Landowski, and I'm making it my mission to help 1,000 people quit their jobs to start an e-commerce empire using the power of Amazon. Now, thanks for taking a moment out of your busy day to join me here. I really appreciate it. And if you are a first-time listener, then welcome aboard, and please make sure you subscribe to the show and leave a review on iTunes. And we would also love to have you in our Facebook group of nearly 20,000 members. So please join up by going to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB, or just simply go to Facebook in the search bar, type in Amazon FBA, and filter by groups, and you should find the group in there. And I'm pretty darn active in that group, so if you guys have questions, feel free to present them in the group. Okay, so let's dive right into the main topic of the day, and that is Amazon pay-per-click, everybody's favorite topic. Now, over the years, I've spent a considerable amount of money using paid ads on Amazon. I think the last time I checked, I've spent roughly a million dollars with Amazon alone. So yeah, the title was a little clickbaity. I haven't spent a zillion dollars, but I've spent a decent amount of money in my opinion. So naturally, kind of over the years, if you're spending that kind of money, you you learn a few things, you get some information back. And that's what I wanted to do here on this podcast. I'm going to go over three pieces of advice as well as some bonus things that I think by the end of this podcast, you'll find really helpful and you may gain some new insights and maybe a few new ideas that you can use to help improve your business when it comes to Amazon pay per click. Now, I just wanted to throw out there that this is not some A to Z guide of all things pay-per-click. It's not some all-encompassing covering every single angle. Um, I definitely have a lot of guests on and experts on where we talk different pay-per-click strategies, some advanced stuff, things like that. So this is kind of just my learnings for me, what I've learned after spending, you know, a decent amount of money after so many years. And that's what I want to present here for you today. So I just wanted to clarify that. Now, I did post in the Facebook group a while back that if you guys had any questions about this topic that you could fire away and I would do my best to answer your questions accordingly. So that's what I am going to do throughout the podcast. So thank you to everybody that submitted those questions. Now, it's important to note that anything I share here is just what works for me, okay? Now, because of this podcast, I've actually talked to quite a few experts in this field, and what I've learned is they all seem to have like a different opinion on the topic of pay-per-click as far as like what works, what doesn't work. There's different strategies. There is not necessarily one exact right way to do things or one right way of looking at things every single time. So I just want to throw that out there that uh, this is just what works for me, and it's also worth mentioning that I currently do all of my own pay-per-click. I currently don't outsource this or use any automation tools. So to be honest, when people ask me that, you know, if I outsource this or who I use or whatever, um, I, when I tell them that I do it myself, they're, they're a little bit perplexed. And uh, the reason being is I actually quite enjoy pay-per-click. I, I actually enjoy doing it. 
So I just kind of figure I'll keep doing it as long as I enjoy it. But if there's ever a time where I just can't handle it or I just don't want to do it anymore, then I would, you know, automate certain parts of it and or just completely outsource to an agency and or maybe a virtual assistant of some sort. So I just wanted to throw that out there that whatever I'm telling you here is, is stuff that I'm actually doing myself. Okay. So let's dive in. Here are three things that I've learned after spending nearly $1 million on paid ads on Amazon. So number one, and probably one of the most important pieces of advice I can share with you here today in relation to paid ads and Amazon is that if you want to take your business from good to great, that you need to understand that Amazon has become all about real estate. So most people, most sellers will set a goal to rank, let's say page one organically or preferably the top of page one, you know, for all your main keywords. And while that's a good goal to have, if you are solely relying just on that organic ranking alone, that's usually going to net you good sales and good results. But knowing you guys, you want to take things to the next level. You want great sales and great results. And the way that you take your business and your brand and your products to that next level on Amazon in 2021 and beyond, is you need to adopt a be seen everywhere strategy. So Amazon allows you to do that with paid ads. Now you may have noticed over the years that when you search as a customer on Amazon for a lot of the products that you're buying, that page now is absolutely loaded with paid ad placements. Heck, you got video ads, headline ads, top of search ads, ads down here, ads over there. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of overwhelming, but uh, they've just really expanded all the different placement options on their platform. Heck, before you even get to some of the top organic positions for some of the products you're searching for, it's like you, it almost feels like you kind of even have to scroll down the page a little bit. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. So knowing this, uh, you, you kind of have to pay to play to be at the top and it should be your mindset as a brand owner or a, a business owner that you dominate your little corner of Amazon so that when customers are searching for the products that you sell within your niche or whatever, that they see your listings all over the place and not just that lonely, measly, little organic listing. They, they should be seeing you everywhere all over that page. So you have to own that space and, and use all of the different placement options Amazon gives you access to. And yes, there are a lot of them and it is expanding and there's certain ways to customize so that you show up here, show up there. So yeah, there, there's a lot to digest there when it comes to their ad platform. And it's definitely become much more sophisticated as well. But when customers start seeing your product multiple times on each page, they're kind of surfing on, man, they start to think Amazon really likes this product and that customer is more likely to click on it and then hopefully buy. So you should even want to show up, of course, when they start clicking on your competitors' listings. So as they're clicking around, looking at some of your competition, you should keep showing up over and over and over again. Again, you want to take advantage of that familiarity that the customer is going to develop once they start searching and navigating within your niche. So if you haven't done this ever, like just open up a browser and go to Amazon. And uh, let's talk about like the supplement space, since there's a lot of money that gets spent there on paid ads. Uh, type in a popular search term like 
something like pre-workout or, or, or whatever, whatever comes to mind when it comes to supplements and things like that. But if you type in, let's say pre-workout or whatever, you're going to notice that the bestseller or bestsellers typically, they're not just relying on the organic listing. They're dominating that page. They're, they're running the headline ads, they're running the video ads, they're running the, the, the placements everywhere they can so that when you are scrolling on that page, you just keep seeing their brand pop up, their products, their listings, their, the related products that just kind of just, they take over, okay? That's the mentality that you need to have. They're not just relying on that organic position, but they're absolutely dominating. So that again, that's the mindset that you need to have. Now, it's also important to note that this idea of domination and showing up everywhere, you know, and spending all this money on paid ads to do that really only works once you have products that convert well. So if you're just starting out or you don't have a product that really converts all that well, like you're going to hemorrhage a lot of money if you try to, you know, really blow it out with all these different placements and you don't want to do that. So, but once you establish that your product converts well, that people like it, that it, that it gets good reviews and things like that, then you just need to take over. That should be your mindset. So I'll give you an example here. So about two years ago, I fully committed to this idea. I knew I had products that converted well, that people liked, that got good reviews. And I was getting good results in my business, no doubt. But I was tired of good results, and I wanted to go to great. And I had noticed over the years how much focus Amazon was putting on paid ads and how much they were expanding their platform in terms of like the different placements you could buy or they would allow us to buy. And I started to notice that. So even if I was doing or ranking well organically for keywords and things like that, I just developed this mindset of I'm taking over. I want to dominate and saturate that screen. So my stuff is everywhere. My brand is everywhere. So that when customers are searching around, they only seen me and they only noticed me more so than everybody else. And it got to the point where as I was expanding to all these different placement options and, and jacking up my budgets for my campaigns and things like that. I was starting to spend so much money each and every day that it started to make me uncomfortable. And uh, this all led to, of course, an explosion of sales. And kind of once that happened, I started to have new problems dealing with inventory. I started to sell so much stuff that like, man, I, I have to place some pretty darn big orders with my suppliers. And again, that made me uncomfortable. But I wasn't complaining. I guess those are good problems to have instead of complaining that like, you know, nobody's buying my stuff or my sales aren't where they need to be. So again, once you have products that convert well, that people like, your mission is to dominate the real estate and dominate that little corner of Amazon that your brand sits on and that your products sit on. So we've all heard of feed the beast. So essentially I fed, I fed the beast. And once I had products that converted well, I simply dialed in on my pay-per-click strategy, increased my budgets, expanded my placements, and did a lot of testing and trying things out. And because of that, my sales increased, which naturally my reviews went up, which led to higher conversions, which leads to, guess what? More sales. So once you have that product that converts or those products that convert, your job is to feed the beast and saturate that little corner of Amazon as much as possible with all of the different placement options that Amazon affords you. And down the road, who knows, they'll probably expand more to allow you to buy placements on, you know, even more, uh, more real estate on Amazon. So what works well for me? Well, I kept harping on it the past year in this podcast, roughly, but sponsored brand video ads. 
still probably perform overall the best for me and probably the same for you guys. So I just simply run sponsor brand video ads in an, in an exact match because uh, I already know what keywords work for all my products based on all the data I have in the campaigns. So I just kind of get right to the point. Um, also what works well for me and probably is performing well for you, just like most sellers is top of search placement. So, um, that that's probably, like I said, true to you guys as well. What doesn't necessarily perform all that well for me, but I've definitely tried and tested everything sponsor display audiences just for whatever reason, don't perform at the level that, uh, I, I want them to, but again, it's, it's not because I haven't tried or, or whatever. So. I just want to throw this out there, guys. I've been selling, you know, for a handful of years on Amazon and I've seen them evolve dramatically over the years. And, you know, Amazon kind of makes it almost a requirement that you pay to play, that you spend money on that pay-per-click to buy those placements if you really want to be successful. And I think long-term, if you neglect the pay-per-click stuff, if you're not spending that much money on it or no money at all, I think you're going to be left behind. Um, I'm definitely seeing that more and more as... There's, there's a lot of sophisticated sellers that have entered the market in the past few years and a lot of deep pockets. So these are just things I've noticed. Um, I think years ago, when I used to go to these seminars and conferences and things like that, I'd say roughly 50% of sellers were hardcore into pay-per-click and uh, maybe about 50% weren't even really running it at all. And now, as I kind of look at the lay of the land, I look at some of the stats and things like that, it's like 70 to 80% of sellers are really hardcore into pay-per-click. So again, it's becoming kind of a necessary thing. And if you're going to run pay-per-click, you might as well go all out with it and buy up every placement you can. I'm assuming, and of course, you're doing things profitably. I think I need to say that. So here's a little action step for you guys. Write down all, get a sheet of paper and write down all the products that you have, and then do an audit on your current campaigns that you're running and the styles of campaigns. So sponsored brands, sponsored displays, sponsored products. And then within there, obviously, there's different things that you, that you can do and different types of campaigns you can set up and different customizations and placements. Just do an audit and ask yourself, what are you currently running? Have you tried everything? Have you tried all these different options? Have you experimented? And I'd like to throw it out there that there's a lot of sellers that probably just stick with basic sponsored products, keyword types of campaigns. And that's okay. But you're really missing the boat if you're not running all these different sponsored brands options, uh, sponsored display options. And I still talk to a lot of sellers that aren't even running video ads. And that just kind of blows my mind. I mean, that's such a simple thing to do and uh, can net you just amazing results. And again, the goal is to saturate that page. So when they're typing in stainless steel grill brush, you're showing up at the top, you're showing up here, you're showing up there, you got a video ad, your brand showed off here. You have to own that space. So that, again, is this a little action step? after the podcast, do an audit and ask yourself, what are you currently running campaigns on? And what have you tried? And just get a good lay of the land in terms of like all these different placement options that you may have never even experimented with or tried out. Because again, the more real estate you can dominate on that page with products that convert, the more your business is going to take off. And I'm just giving you an example from my own, my own business, as I just kind of laid out there for you. So bottom line, guys, you got to pay to play. Amazon is and will continue to be all about those placements and all about real estate. So the next bit of advice is actually very quick and simple and has to do with defending your listings. So I started to talk about this a few years ago, but I really wanted to drive this point home with you again, as it's been important for 
the success, not only of my products, but will be for yours as well. So many sellers that I talk to or many sellers that I'm aware of are simply not defending their own listings and they're allowing competitors to run ads on their listings, essentially running ads on their own real estate. So if you're building a brand of related products, and my advice is to advertise your other existing products on your listing so that you essentially kind of block out and keep out as many competitors as possible from stealing your space, stealing your real estate, and obviously from stealing your sales. So this is really easy to do and really only works if your products that you're selling and your brand are related. So just simply set up campaigns for each product that you have and then run product targeting ads with your other related products against that main product. So if you're selling that grill brush, then run an ad for your other related product. Let's say you also sell a grill light. You want to advertise that grill light on that grill brush listing using product targeting ads. Okay. So hopefully that makes sense. You're just trying to take up that real estate space as best as possible, trying to keep out any competitors as best as possible more often than not. So I would also suggest that you use a dynamic down bidding strategy to help save on costs. Um, this isn't something or this strategy is something that I wouldn't like hemorrhage a lot of money on. I wouldn't have huge budgets to do this or whatever. I'm just trying to keep costs down while trying to keep some competition off of my listings again, more often than not. So use a dynamic downbidding strategy to save on some of those costs. Now, this not only will help keep those competitors off of your valuable real estate, your, your own product listing, but it'll also help you build brand awareness. Okay. If they're shopping for that grill brush, but they see for your brand that you also are advertising a grill light right on that same page there, they might click on it. They're going to start to see your products and your brand and your brand story and things like that. And you're going to start to build that brand awareness over time, which is kind of the long-term goal there. So hopefully that all makes sense. It's a very simple, sweet, and easy strategy to defend your listings and uh, keep those competitors off while you're driving brand awareness. So we're going to switch gears now, and now I'm going to move on to some Facebook questions from you guys, the listeners. So thank you to everybody a while back that threw these questions out um, on the topic here. And uh, guys, if you are not yet a member of the Facebook group, please get joined up. So the first question comes from Matt, and thanks for your question, Matt. You want to know how often should you be diving into your pay-per-click and how much should you be spending? So kind of just need to say this, that when you first launch a product and you're setting up a bunch of different campaigns as you're trying to establish the product and get it moving, you're probably going to want to dive in almost every single day. Because if you don't, that's when you start losing a lot of money. You get a lot of blown clicks that kind of go nowhere. And if you're not checking that each and every day, you're just going to be hemorrhaging tons and tons of money. So early on for new products, new campaigns, um, it's, it's virtually an everyday thing. Now, also, even on mature campaigns, if you're adding, a, let's say, a bunch of new keywords or you're making a lot of changes or whatever, you're going to want to keep tabs on that virtually every day. Because again, if you make a bunch of changes and they're bad changes and they're just a bunch of blown clicks, you're just going to waste a lot of money. So you want to stay on top of that. Now, over time, as campaigns and products mature, you won't need to dive in nearly as often. I mean, I have 
some very mature campaigns that are many years old that I don't really do a whole lot with. They just kind of run and I might not need to check them for weeks. And when I do, I basically will just check my bid amounts and things like that just to make sure I'm still where I want to be. But again, if I were to make a bunch of changes or whatever, I want to be hands on with that. And as far as how much to spend, well, obviously that's going to depend upon the person and what kind of budget you have. So each product is different. Each person is going to be different. And just to throw it out there, just a little side note, you know, just because you set a budget on a campaign, maybe of let's say $100 or whatever, doesn't mean Amazon's going to spend $100 a day. So there are a lot of variables that go into uh, how much they're actually going to spend for each campaign. Maybe there's just not enough traffic for the keywords that you set up or, or whatever. There's a lot of things that go into the equation. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Now, early on, as uh, maybe you have very new campaigns and very new products, yeah, you're going to uh, probably be a little bit more cautious on your spend because things are a little gaudy. Uh, you don't want to blow a lot of money, but as time goes on as your product matures, as your campaigns mature, and you start optimizing them and getting rid of all the stuff that doesn't work and, and really you know, focusing in on, let's say, the keywords that are really triggering, you know, that's when over time you're going to want to start scaling and increasing your budgets. But again, it's up to the individual how much budget you have, how much money you have to spend. And of course, as I've always recommended, um, get a really good business credit card that offers lots of miles or reward points for all of your pay-per-click. You can thank me later on that as uh, you start to rack up tons and tons of points that you know you can do cool things with. You can take trips with, fly with, or whatever. So uh, Matt, thanks for the question. Uh, I really appreciate it. So moving on to the next question from Facebook, which comes in from Justin. Justin wants to know, when launching a new product, should you expect to lose money with PPC. So I appreciate the question, Justin. Um, I'd hate to say that you should expect to lose money. I would just say it's more likely than not based on my experiences that you're probably going to lose a little bit of money early on. Um, it could get a little bloody, a little gaudy, if you will. And that's just based on my experiences. But yeah, there's probably sellers out there or situations or products, whatever, where they necessarily didn't you know, lose a ton of money on, on pay-per-click early on. But just in talking to a lot of sellers, yeah, it's a fairly common thing. And you kind of have to just toss it off as like, this is just a marketing expense. Uh, when you're launching that initial product, you need to gain that traction. You need to gain that data. And usually when you have a brand new product, you don't have a whole lot of reviews. So therefore your conversion rates are going to be a little bit lower. And on top of that, you're starting off with all these new campaigns and you really don't know what keywords are going to crush for you and which ones are going to kind of suck for you. And you kind of have to pay for that information, okay, before you figure it out, before you start to kind of get things dialed in. And yes, in those situations, um, you're going to sometimes maybe run into the red a little bit. And, and that's okay. So don't freak out about it. It's fairly common, okay? So I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Hopefully that answers your question, Justin. And the last Facebook question comes in from Todd. Todd wants to know, what's the best automation software? So I appreciate the question, Todd. Um, as I mentioned at the top, I, I currently don't use any tools or software for my pay-per-click needs. I, I have in the past. So Todd, I guess I don't have any recommendations on what is the best software, but I will throw it out there that I do see Helium 10 has pay-per-click tools called, it's a uh, software called Ads, ADS. So I do plan on diving into that in the very near future to see if it's going to be a good fit for me in my business, for pay-per-click needs, things like that. 
Uh, if you guys have already checked that out, the, the Helium 10 ads system there, please let me know what you thought of it. I would greatly appreciate it. Or if you are currently using another software, another tool that helps with automation that you are loving, please uh, reach out to me and or maybe just post in the Facebook group and we can get a conversation going about that. So sorry, Todd, I don't have any exact recommendations right now, but probably in the very near future, I will address that on a future podcast or just as a Facebook post. So thanks for your questions, everybody. Um, again, please get joined up in the Facebook group if you haven't already done so. I would love to have you in there. Okay, so moving on to the final part of today's show. I wanted to do sort of a rapid fire, uh, quick hit on a couple of key different points that I think you guys will find useful and helpful. So the first rapid fire point has to do with auto campaigns. People often ask, at what point should I kill off or shut off my auto campaigns? Do I need to run them indefinitely? You know, if I have all these other mature campaigns, like did it just run its course and I just kill it off and not worry about it? You could, but I always keep my campaigns, auto campaigns running no matter what, even for, for years and years. Um, I just set my bid amounts to something ridiculously low after a while. Like I, I set them to like 15 cents, 20 cents, something like that. And I even relabel the campaign. I call it like uh, super cheap auto clicks or whatever. And by doing that, even after many years, I still generate a decent amount of sales through these for dirt cheap, dirt cheap clicks. And on top of that, I still always find interesting keywords that they uncover that I never thought of before. So I figure why stop that? So from me to you, I just always keep running. I just, after a while, just uh, set those bid amounts to be ridiculously low. Okay, so moving on to the next rapid fire key point. So people often ask, how many reviews do you need or do I need before I even think about churning on pay-per-click? Uh, sometimes people in the community I hear say, oh, you need six reviews or you need nine reviews before you turn on pay-per-click. Uh, me personally, in my opinion, I don't care. I turn on pay-per-click right off the bat. Um, that's what I've always done. And I can generate sales on a product with, you know, through pay-per-click with zero reviews. So if you can do that, that's obviously a good sign. So yes, naturally, of course, your pay-per-click isn't going to be that effective on a product with minimal or zero reviews. So my advice is just be very intentional with this. Start small early on with your campaigns and how much you're spending. So early on, I would, I would go after that low hanging fruit, those long tail relevant keywords that tend to be a little bit cheaper. I would really target in on some of those. I'd also just set up some auto campaigns just to get some data back and start generating some sales. And you know, if you have access to things like video ads, Throw, you know, throw a few video ads out there and kind of just see what happens. But yes, do it with a controlled budget without being reckless, okay? And the last quick rapid fire tip that I want to throw out there today that probably never gets talked about, and that's okay, but I find it really important uh, based on my experiences. And guys, that's just keep your pay-per-click dashboards organized, okay? So as you start to expand products and you start to add all these different campaigns and all these different ad groups, over time, things can get really out of control and difficult to manage. And it almost makes it a daunting task to even think that you have to go in and, and work on your pay-per-click because you got so much going on and you can't even keep track of everything over time because you just kind of lose, lose sight of it. So spend some time auditing your campaigns and then labeling everything so that when you go to your dashboard, you can quickly and easily find what you're doing and get in and get out. Also use those portfolios tags. They help a lot. And then I usually try to limit the amount of ad groups that I put in each campaign 
Some sellers just have one ad group per campaign. That might be a little overkill, but uh, just try to limit that. And also try to limit the amount of keywords that you are dropping into each ad group. And I think Amazon, last I checked, they allow about a thousand different keywords that you can put in each ad group. But I'm telling you, just that, that, that's silly. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be that crazy. Again, you want to streamline things. Keep things as simple as possible. You don't want to overwhelm yourself. So just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, so that does it for today's show. I appreciate you guys all listening to the very end. And again, as mentioned at the top, there are lots of schools of thought when it comes to pay-per-click. And I was just giving you my opinions on what works best for me, okay? I want these episodes to be actionable for you, so please make sure that you apply some of these things in your business after you get done listening. So what did you guys think of today's show? Hopefully you learned a few things. Uh, Do you have any tips or things that you've learned that you want to share with others? So if you're not yet a member of that Facebook group, please make sure you join the conversation over there. Like I said, we got roughly 20,000 members and uh, all you got to do is just go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. Also, if you haven't yet left a review on iTunes for the show, for the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. I do put a lot of time into these podcast episodes, so it would be really cool, really awesome if you could show the love and simply leave me a review and subscribe to the show. So that about does it, guys. Get out there, go take some action, go make it happen. I'm rooting for you. Later. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.